This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone here in the United States and around the world. Good news. We've broken through 234,000 subscribers and are very close to 235,000. And I look forward to seeing a lot of you at upcoming conferences in California. I'll have conference ticket updates for April and June, Contact in the Desert and Portal to Ascension later in tonight's program. But next up, only two weekends from now, will be the Parapod Festival, March 31st to April 1st, produced by Tony Sweet, owner of USBN Radio. It's a two-day celebration about paranormal mysteries held in Santa Clarita, California, north of Los Angeles, in the Mentryville Park and Hyatt Regency, Valencia. You can buy tickets at www.parapodfestival.com. And also, the Parapod Festival is honoring me with the 2023 Media Legend Award. And I am excited to share one of my favorite and evolving investigations with you all. From brains to galaxies, the key is frequencies. Frequencies are also a key to how UFO, UAP intelligences abduct humans into aerial craft from cars or bedrooms or other Earth sites. Some people even remember rising in a beam of light or passing through walls and windows. The ET technologies control frequencies at deep quantum levels to manipulate atomic particles, photons, timelines, and to interact with different dimensions. Some human scientists think the key to faster than light point to point travel in this cosmos is to learn how to move in and out of the 10 dimensions that make up this particular universe where we humans are in the third dimension. A couple of years ago, new scientists posted this headline question, can the human brain register higher dimensions? Theoretical physicist Albert Einstein also thought about dimensions and the speed of light. And here is a quote attributed to him, but not sourced, quote, we humans are slowed down sound and light waves. We are a walking bundle of frequencies tuned into the cosmos. We are souls dressed up in sacred biochemical garments, and our bodies are the instruments through which our souls play their music." Close quote. And theoretical physicist David Bohm wrote in his great 1980 book, Wholeness and the Implicate Order, quote, Quantum theory is an indication of a multidimensional implicate order in which one discovers that the various particles have to be taken literally as projections of a higher dimensional reality, which cannot be accounted for in terms of any force of interaction between them. 
It's an unbroken wholeness in which consciousness is no longer to be fundamentally separated from matter, close quote. In other words, consciousness and matter are like different frequency reflections of each other. And manipulating that level of physics is where allegedly the advanced non-human intelligences and their UFO, UAP craft and technologies excel. After I read David Bohm's 1980 mind-cracking book, Wholeness and the Implicate Order, I received a decade later these 114 pages. Received this in 1990, and they were entitled Blue Planet Project, about alien technical research and alien life forms, code A-R-A-M-I-S, Roman numeral 3-A-D-R-3-24-S-M. Several of us in 1990 apparently received in the mail, as I did anonymously, and I've had these 114 pages since 1990. And then the preface says, quote, the following document is believed to be the personal notes and scientific diary of a scientist who has and was contacted and contracted by the government over several years to visit all crash sites interrogate captured alien life forms, and analyze all data gathered from that endeavor. He also wrote notes on or about any documents which he came in contact with, which in any way related directly or indirectly to the organization, structure, or operation for the collection of such data. At the bottom, it says, at this time, to the best of the data we have available, there are at least 160 species or races of aliens from different galaxies, stars, and planets we have encountered. You will find as much data as we have available through 1990 when this 114-page document was originally assembled and distributed, and that we have data on each race in the following pages as each race is discussed. There are still more aliens we have not encountered yet, but we feel it won't be long before we do. There will be more to come later. And note, this document is the alleged result of the actions of one or more scientists creating a covert, unauthorized notebook documenting their involvement with an above-top-secret government program. Government publications and information obtained by the use of public tax monies cannot be subject to copyright. This document is released into the public domain for all citizens of the United States of America. And it is my understanding from an aerospace source of the last three years that a very secret branch of the United States Space Force with the teaching and overseeing help of tall whites and Nordics 
has logged information about 168 ET civilizations in our region of the Milky Way galaxy. And here is the 23rd page of the 114-page document about other dimensions. Quote, We, the people of Earth, exist at the third dimension because our atoms have a specific frequency which makes us able to exist at the third dimension. This specific frequency is stable enough for all our lifetime. And one quick idea of dimensions tells us first dimension is just a plain point. Second dimension is two points together connected by a line. Third dimension is density, volume, us, and our universe. Fourth dimension is time. Our main interest in this report is the fifth dimension, parallel universes or the multiverse. That's the whole idea behind the multiverse concept, not just one universe, but an infinite number of parallel universes. Using math to make a simplification of this concept tells us that there are no limits of the higher or lower number that exist. It's impossible to figure these numbers like it's impossible to figure the extension of possibilities of the multiverse. If we are capable of accelerating or decelerating the frequencies to make us able to exist in the third dimension, we can jump to the fifth dimension or the multiverse. I never knew who the original source of the Blue Planet Project was. But in a strange echo from 1990 to now, 33 years later, at the end of January 2023, I received this digital link to the same Blue Planet Project pages that I received 33 years ago on paper by hard mail from an anonymous source. And this time, you can read all 114 pages for yourself, and some pages are shocking. And for me, I am trying to understand what the biggest picture truths really are. And that brings me back full circle to cosmic frequencies and our human brains. Back in 1983, I was told that a gray extraterrestrial biological entity was retrieved from a UFO crash in 1949 near Roswell, two years after the July 1947 Roswell UFO crash headline went around the world. Allegedly, the Eben-type gray rescued from the 1949 crash was taken to Los Alamos Lab about 35 miles northwest of Santa Fe. It's my understanding that the U.S. Air Force captain was able to communicate telepathically with that Eben and did daily question and answer sessions that were filmed for human generations that have still not seen them. But I learned that one of the questions was, is reincarnation real? And the gray Eben answered telepathically, quote, reincarnation, the recycling of souls is the machinery of this universe, close quote. Tibetan Buddhists believe that every high lama who dies can be reincarnated. 
and the Buddhists think there is a connection between the release of a soul and balls of glowing light that can be seen hours or days or weeks or months later. Paranormal spirit orbs are believed to be photographic representations of the spirit of the dead or a human soul after a person dies. About two weeks ago, on March 2nd, I found this email from Jason and Jenny Walsh, who live in Ormond Beach, Florida, near Daytona. The subject line reads, quote, Unreal footage caught on ring cam, and the question, Have you ever seen an orb this clearly? I was sitting outside and saw nothing with my naked eye, close quote. Watch the lower left corner of the window shade as I click play now, and in five seconds, a little light will rise upward and we have slowed it down. The homeowner, Jason Walsh, is sitting in the chair looking at his cell phone, but he has no awareness of the little moving ball of light coming toward him, which then turns left and goes through the second window shade. And then comes back outside, crosses the patio toward the ring camera, and then goes down out of sight in the lower right corner and does not return. I called Jason and Jenny, and here is what I learned. Prior to the video being caught, my wife's brother had passed away about 18 months prior. Since this has happened, we've had some deep conversations trying to come to terms with it. And we were talking and it got really intense and there was a lot of tears. And I stepped outside to take a break and smoke a cigarette. And I was sitting outside for about 10 minutes and she got an alert to her phone that there was movement out front by the ring cam. I was sitting out there and I didn't see anything with the naked eye. And normally when I'm out front, she doesn't look at it because she assumes that it's me. But for some reason, she looked down at her phone and she saw the video. Trying to understand, is he just gone? What happens to his soul, his spirit? Where is he? Is he still around? And I was having trouble trying to wrap my head around how I could communicate with him. He was here one day and then he was gone the next day. And when it's so sudden like that, he had been sick and I knew that he was going to pass away. That was one thing. But for it to have been together the night before and then the next morning found out he had died in the middle of the night, that was troubling. Did an autopsy confirm cause of death? Yes, it did. What was it? Drug overdose. What was the drug? Heroin. He had had a problem with drugs, but he had been sober. He had gone to rehab, so he was sober. Wow. And now it's about 18 months later on October 14th, 2022, not very long ago. And you and your husband, Jason, are sitting in your house and you are trying to deal with the emotions that you're feeling about the puzzle of your brother dying at age 29. Right. 
And then how did you discover the light on that ring.com video that would have been running at the same time that you and Jason were talking about your brother? My phone alert went off, and when I looked at the phone, that's when I saw the orb or light. And I watched a few times trying to figure out what it was, and then I went outside to show Jason and asked him, did you see something? And I said, check out this video. Did you see a light? Did you see anything when you were sitting outside? And he's like, I didn't even notice anything. And did you then, that night, after watching it over and over, talking with Jason, did anything come into your thoughts that gave you a sense that this really might have been your brother that died at age 29? He looked at me and he said, I think that was Mikey. That was my brother's name. As soon as he said that, I got goosebumps from the top of my head to my toes. And I said, I think you're right. I felt as if that was Mikey coming to validate that my feelings were okay or to reassure me that he was here. Such a powerful conversation like that. And then that happened. Right. And I'm a firm believer that there's so much more out there than we know. And some things that we cannot understand, we can't explain. I like to feel that I am connected with my brother. So I definitely felt like that orb was his essence, his soul, his spirit, something. Why do you think it is so difficult for humans to relate to a kind of ever-recycling process of reincarnation? and that the soul goes in and out of various lives and body containers, but that the soul continues? I think that they're scared of that. If I never experienced what it was like to ride a bike, I wouldn't believe that it was fun until I did it. I had a dream right after he had passed. He hugged me in my dream. When I woke up, I felt it. I could still feel his arms around me. I could still smell him. So for me, that was enough to say, hey, there's something more. Where did your soul go? Where does your energy go that's in you once you've passed? It has to go somewhere. As I listened to Jenny Walsh, I thought of a scientist that I interviewed for my book, Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2. And in there, we talked about the full scope of what we were describing in this book as the game board for souls, spirits, and bodies of humans, extraterrestrials, angels, and time travelers, that might be beyond human ability to understand. And the man that I was talking to for in this book was a scientist who at the time lived in New England. And he had been abducted by gray beings who actually repaired his heart. It had been diagnosed with damage and he was abducted and the ETs repaired the scientist's heart. And he told me that he was shown holograms that depicted a series of universes in pairs, mirrored images, each the opposite of the other, 
from the subatomic to the macro. And he said, quote, our universe is paired to another one too, which is completely opposite of this one. There the skies are glowing white with dark suns, colors are indescribable and iridescent, and time flows to the past. Like a conveyor belt, at the moment of death in our universe, we move through a tunnel into the mirror universe where it's all light. There, time moves to the past and souls return back here. We all have so much to learn. And my UFO UAP whistleblower files continue to expand with more firsthand information from people in aerospace, military, science, and medicine. And so upcoming, I'm going to be cracking open some of those UFO secrets at Contact in the Desert the first weekend in June 2 to 4 at the Indian Wells, California Renaissance Resort and at the upcoming Portal to Ascension Conference in San Diego on April 21st to 23rd. That's the same weekend that an aerospace source told me last year that the Pentagon had plans to use the Webb Telescope to announce that a biological signature has been confirmed in an exoplanet's atmosphere. And one likely solar system is TRAPPIST-1, about 40 light years from Earth, where the fourth planet from the Sun is Earth-sized and likely has a rocky land and deep water in the habitable zone. But will the powers that be announce their actual knowledge about other advanced intelligences, whether there or any other solar system? I wondered that question when I saw this March 9, 2023 Military Times headline, quote, Pentagon UFO chief says alien mothership in our solar system possible, close quote. And the Pentagon UFO chief quoted is Sean Kirkpatrick, director of the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, also known by the acronym Arrow. His actual quote was in a research report co-authored by Avi Loeb, former chairman of Harvard University's astronomy department. Kirkpatrick's comment was about, quote, an artificial interstellar object, perhaps camouflage UFO, that could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probes during its close passage to Earth, an operational construct not too dissimilar from NASA missions." Close quote. As the Pentagon, and is the Pentagon, finally going to open up the truth, whatever happens or doesn't happen in the late April, I will keep trying to bring you, the Earth Files YouTube channel, many more truths and whistleblower revolutions as we move forward, forward in this year of 2023, where it seems increasingly important that we turn into a planet of truth instead of lies, that we turn into a planet of compassion instead of hatred and that 
that discussion with that doctor so many years ago when I was doing Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2. That if we understood the whole big pictures like that incredible illustration of the infinite number of universes all in a multiverse, if we really truly understood, maybe we would feel excited about moving forward into a future where all of the powers that be would be also enthusiastic to introduce what they know about other intelligences that just like on Earth range in a bell-shaped curve from friendly, neutral, to hostile. It's the universe we're in, it's the planet we're on, and we should be able to keep going in the future with truth and facts. So I say a big hug to all of you who are here tonight and that this is what we're trying to do at the Earth Files YouTube channel, keep cracking open truths. And with that, Ian, I wanna segue over to you. Thank you, Linda. You mentioned your uh, keynote uh, talk is going to be about frequencies. Bunny Lares starts us off straight away this evening with, please define frequencies, please, Linda. Some of us need to be spoon-fed. <laughs> a frequency is anything that is, has this kind of a, um, a motion to it, whether you're talking about the frequency of light or the frequency of infrared or the frequency of, uh, of what water would emanate. It is an oscillation, and uh, I'm sure that there is a physics, uh, you can go and look up uh, when you talk about an oscillation, you can, and, and frequency, you can look it up, <clears throat> but that is essentially anything that has uh, this kind of emotion, no matter how fast and no matter how slow. Ian, do you want to add to that? No, I think uh, the best thing is to um, to, to to watch uh, perhaps uh, you know some more information on that and build on this. Yes, if possible, attend the conference and and watch that presentation. Exactly. It's a fantastic presentation. Yes, I, exactly. Uh, the whole issue of frequencies and other dimensions and all of that will be part of what I will be sharing at the. Uh, uh, contact in the desert and at Ascension, portal to Ascension. So, and oh, and then I'm doing uh, just at the, uh, in a, at the 31st to the 1st, 31st of March to April 1, I'm at the Parapod Festival that we started out tonight with. And there I am doing, it is one of my most favorite programs because it's focused entirely on uh, the whole issue of frequencies, uh, brains to galaxies. So I, uh, I know we'll have some fascinating discussions at Parapod, Contact in the Desert, and uh, Portal to Ascension. Okay, Ian? Yes, we've posted the links uh, um, in the show notes to all of those upcoming conferences, and I've also put them in chat this evening. Good. Linda? Other people are saying that they've also seen uh, orbs. 
Gary J says, Linda, that's exactly what we saw. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's a plasma. And remember, it was only about a month or so ago that I had Robert Temple on about his book about a new physics of heaven. And the plasmas, we put that big number up, nine, nine, that the universe is nine, nine point, nine, nine, nine percent plasma. The ball that was uh, caught on the ring camera, that's a plasma. And the idea that so much of our, the universe we're in is plasma, it suddenly seems to me to put a landscape out in front of us, at least to consider, that plasma could be the fabric of the soul and that that is what is released, how it times itself in terms of returning to some place. Uh, Jenny and Jason, in talking about what happened to Mikey, uh, that it's about 18 months ago, and, but they got the, the video in October just a few months ago. And what would be the mechanism of the back and forth of plasma coming out of souls in this universe and then moving into another completely different opposite universe, as the scientist told me in this interview that I did in Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2. For me, I find that this is where my mind and my heart and my soul keep wanting to go, is into complexities that, for the most part, humans avoid because they seem too difficult. But the more I read and the more people I talk to and the more I began to sense that we're in only one universe, and it was what I've told you Roger Penrose said, that there could be an infinite number of universes and not singularities, but that how the universes would come and go would be in cycles of infinite, infinite time cycles of infinite time. And these are not concepts that we are used to thinking about daily. But the more I do get into them, the more exciting all of it becomes. And if there are hostile other intelligences that our governments are so worried that we couldn't handle being told the truth, that we're not alone because there are so many potential problems. I think it's unfair because if there is a multiverse, an infinite number of universes, and that the soul is going to be, let's say, the conveyor of information in and out through plasmas, why can't we know about it? And do other beings do the same thing? Or are there just certain beings that have the plasma souls that seem to be so strong and recycle? These are questions I have no firm answers to, but they keep coming up over and over and over again. It doesn't matter whether it is a person I interviewed last week who is a humble citizen with a fantastic story in their own life of their interactions with other beings, 
or with a scientist who has a sophisticated understanding of physics, but when it comes to interacting with telepathy in a being like a tall white, it's almost overwhelming. It's the landscape that we're on and we're in, and we're worrying about nuclear war. We're worrying about people killing each other because of the color of their skin. We're worried about people bashing each other because they're female or male or something that is a combination. It seems to me that Homo sapiens sapien at this point, after 45,000 years, we deserve to know all the truth that our governments and power brokers know and that there are people coming forward. As I've introduced pieces tonight who do seem to have some legitimate files, at least there's a consistency in some of the whistleblower information and have a sort of like we need to have a gear shift where we can all come together and we can be exposed and we can read and then let the discussions go on to a perhaps a level with somebody who may have to have their voice altered in order to be recorded, but that if that's what it takes, like I did with Spartan 1 and Spartan 2 in my Antarctica documentary, then let's, let's go in directions where we can hear and learn the truth. Okay, Ian. Okay, Linda. Uh, Santana Burish says, Linda, what are your thoughts on orbs with spirits and how they might be connected to the extraterrestrials? So interesting how everything is truly intertwined. Much love to you. Much love to all of you uh, for thinking, for asking questions, for coming. I do not personally understand or have a working hypothesis about how the plasma that we saw come over Jenny and uh, Jason's patio and that they relate to Mikey, the brother who uh, died at the young age of 29. But the balls of light or plasma have been reported in the Himalayas, in Tibet, into that, in that part of the world for centuries and centuries. They have been associated with the passing of the life force out of a body and then the possible return of the soul coming back into another body. And that has been one of the cultures on earth that has always had this story. The extraterrestrial aspect of it, I think that if you go back into the 50s and 60s, that you may or may not find as many reports about uh, a variety of different orbs. But eventually, as you get up into the 1960s, and the reason why I say that and I'm looking at that timeline is that when I started producing A Strange Harvest about animal mutilations, in September of 1979, I had 
no education about any of this that I'm sharing and talking with you tonight. And as I got into the mutilations that led through sheriffs and deputies and ranchers directly to UFOs, beams of light, seeing the animals go up in beams, and people talking about orbs or little round lights that could vary from the diameter of something like a nickel and then up to a golf ball and to a tennis ball to a softball up to a soccer ball. And uh, one man I remember uh, back in the mid 80s uh, when I was working on the project for Home Box Office, he said that in a department that he had worked in in our government that they even had a word that they used about the basketball-sized uh, glowing spheres. They called them, he said, diastomeres, D-I-A-S-T-O-M-E-R-E-S. I don't know whether that's true. I'm just sharing it because the diastomere was defined for me by this uh, government person as uh, specifically the basketball or soccer ball size were upload, download that could run movies through human minds by coming and doing historic scenes, doing all kinds of things, running movies. And after I had had this discussion about uh, the uh, soccer to uh, that size of a ball of light, I remember that I had a fascinating discussion with one of J. Allen Hynek's best friends. His name was Richard Sigismund, and he lived in Boulder, Colorado, when I lived in Denver. And I was introduced to Richard Sigismund when I was working on A Strange Harvest, and we became friends. And he and Alan Hynek and Leo Sprinkle and I would talk about many, many aspects of the UFO phenomena and what they were getting in hypnosis and all of that. And then one day, Richard Sigismund said, I don't normally like to make myself be the subject of anything. But he said, we're talking about these spheres of glowing energy that are associated with the UFOs. And he said, I'd like you to know about something that happened. He had some mines that he owned in the mountains uh, going uh, west of, of Boulder. And he said one day he was up doing work and he had five or six men with him. And all of a sudden came a silver disc. And out of the silver disc came one of those basketball soccer-sized lights. It was very clear. Other people saw it. And then they watched. And he watched almost, as he said, almost afraid. But he said, I decided I... I would just go ahead and stand my ground no matter what. And that the sphere of light came down in front of Richard Sigismund and stopped at about two feet. But as I recall, he said, as tall as he was, it stopped like, like head to head, if you want to say the sphere. And then Sigismund told me immediately, he said it was like a film running at a rapid rate, came into his mind's eye, and it was of another silver disc that 20 years or so before 
He'd been up in the mountains climbing and another silver disc came up over a hill and that it was irradiating something. It was light or frequency and he stood there stunned. And that's what was played in his mind by the sphere as if saying, we saw you before, we're seeing you again. And then the sphere, I remember Sigismund looked at me, he said, I'm not kidding. I don't know how I did this. The sphere seemed to ask me if it could enter. And he said, it entered my chest and I saw more images and then it left and went up and disappeared. And he said, the miners up there in where, where all this took place, they were just standing stone silent, staring at Sigismund, saying, what the has just happened here? And he never ever came to a solid conclusion in all the times that I knew him up to the decade that he passed, that he would think about and he would bring up that diastomere or whatever it is coming into his body. And he didn't feel anything really. It's the images that started going through his mind. And so he associated yet again, but that was the purpose of the glowing sphere was perhaps downloading, uploading simultaneously information. And today we might say we're headed in that direction with all of the drones that we are making. And eventually, instead of metal, maybe they will go into a plasma and the plasma will have interactions like what happened with Richard Sigismund, perhaps what happened with Jenny and Jason on a timeline that humans don't understand. Why would Mikey's soul essence come in October of 2022 when he died perhaps in the summer of 2021? What is the disconnect? But we look at time through our ticking clocks and seconds. When you get in over to people who are in the human abduction syndrome and they will talk about how they were doing something right up to a second and then they think something happened, but their memory then continues and it's only later under hypnosis that they find like the, the speedometer in the car that blurred, that was the only thing that days somewhere else could be somehow sutured by the ETs with their advanced technologies in which they can manipulate time and space and plasmas beyond our understanding. Ian? Follow up on the frequencies, Linda, Don K. Johnson relates to us in the chat. In 1972, while sitting in a field, I had missing time. Afterwards, all I could think or talk about was resonant frequencies. I was told or was thinking resonant frequencies are the answer to everything. Yes, and uh, if we only could be educated, uh, it, it, it's as if we are stumbling around slightly in the dark 
trying to understand subject matter that governments have tried to keep us from ever paying attention to, and that we're not going to evolve and grow up if we aren't educated more, if we don't come to some, what I consider to be more truthful relationship with this universe that I am convinced 100% is conscious, and that we are in a conscious universe that interacts with all other consciousness, and that that is a huge key to what people in the Himalayas and Tibet and that part of the world so long ago uh, always talked about the the concentration, the focus, the yogis on what you focus. It is an intention, and intention carries a frequency. And depending upon that frequency and the consciousness in the universe, things will manifest or can manifest from air to matter. And all Linda, we've got to... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, the converse, uh, Kenny mentions the conversations are spinning wildly tonight in the chat room, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what we welcome. Several yes. people have posted their own experiences of orbs. Yeah. Mother's Tarot says, had a blue orb over my right shoulder appear while on a personal Zoom chat. Wasn't recording because it was two friends talking. She spotted it and pointed it out to me. And Linda Myers says, my mum saw several red orbs fly through an unopened window and slam into the wall across from the window on several different occasions. She told a few people that didn't believe her, and that was back in the 70s. Right. And the issue of plasma being 99.999% of this entire, this universe, this particular universe, and that the, it makes sense, doesn't it, Ian, at some uh, basic level? that that much of the universe being made of plasma, that it would be an ingredient or maybe the entirety of the information processing machinery of this universe, which would be the souls gathering information in and out of different matter and time existences. I think it's hugely complex. And Montauk Time Lord in the chat says, I think orbs are more than just balls of plasma. I think they must be a 3D manifestation, higher dimensional entities that contain discarnate out-of-body souls. And that is a very interesting thought as well, that dimensionally we're in third. Uh, when I did the interview with Tim from Germany uh, for uh, the Gaia Truth Hunter series, uh, we talked a great deal about his... Tim talking to me, uh, both on and off camera, about how that there are other intelligences that he was aware of who feel that humanity needs to get from the third dimensional frequencies to the fifth. And uh, when I asked why, there was this surprising answer. He said, because the next step up would be the fourth but the fourth dimension currently has a lot of reptilian presence, and we would rather, meaning the we, the royal we, the beings that he has uh, communicated with in Germany, it would like to see humanity as a whole get out of the third into the fifth. And in the fifth, from his description, 
the higher frequencies, it's mo mostly lots of things having to do with light and frequencies that are not violent. Uh, it would be peace. Like we think of, we would like to see heaven on earth with no war and no violence. Maybe that is what the fifth dimension is about. And could an entire civilization on a planet jump from the third to the fifth? Is that even physically feasible or possible in the physics of uh, multiverses and plasmas and the thought that dwells in the light? Because that is the level where everything for me begins to make some sense. That no matter how many multiverses, no matter how many billions, trillions of suns in this universe, that there is this sense of a consciousness with a capital C that is somehow interacting with, responsible for, and evolving with all of this that is happening in the 99.999% plasma, an ingredient that may very well be what the souls, infinite number of souls, are also made of, and that they can interact in different dimensions. Okay, Ian? It's interesting as well, Linda, that the, um, with the movie, everything, everywhere, all at once yeah. coming out and uh, uh, swooping up all of those awards, that's become very mainstream and is suddenly Again. thrust into the forefront of everyone's, um, of everyone's yeah. uh, you know, movie-going experience at the moment. I cannot wait to see it because it is supposed to be taking as, if I, if I understand just from a conversation earlier today, uh, that it is uh, looking through the lens of the multiverse at humans in existence somehow portrayed in this amazing film. I think that it's suddenly becoming mainstream and a lot more people will be now tuned into it and a lot more people will be uh, interested in following this up. What else have we got in terms of uh, the gestalt of where people uh, are in relationship to this particular program that I did in which I just wanted to weave many things through that whistleblower release and the uh, Blue Planet Project as sort of like tonight's lens coming through people who have been trying to release a lot of information and what we're lacking is the formal, official, credible support or whatever uh, is, would be said. Because when you read the Blue Planet Project, it is a sobering read in many, many respects. And I, th I know a little bit about some of what it talks about as being true, and therefore it increases for me that there's a lot of accuracy in this Blue Planet Project. And why now is it now being infused back into this discussion as we are getting to April and what might be on uh, the JSOC Pentagon planning board that they are finally going to use the web 
to open up at least biological signatures? And why is it taking so long for all of this to open up truthfully? That, uh, that is what we all need to be asking ourselves and perhaps asking every person, senator and House on the House side, uh, Congress, uh, if everybody started writing letters, it might actually have some effect of releasing something. The, the public, I think, is long past due, even the darker, more difficult subjects. Okay. Well, we've got Lee Q has uh, commented in the chat this evening. Um, someone loaded a 15-second video to me a few days ago of a tall white. It appears authentic. Oh. I was advised the 15-second video was captured at a secure location. I had an expert look. It says um, uh, the video was of a tall white repairing its craft. Please take a look. Uh, they reached out to us and asked where they could send it. I said earthfiles at earthfiles.com, so please look out for that video. Oh, yes. Uh and is there any more detail about the context of it? I don't have any more detail at the moment, but leakyou.com, if you're in the chat, please give us some more information or please contact us directly at airfast at airfast.com. We'd love to hear more. Linda, can we go to the super chats now? I've got quite yeah. a lot of them lined up yeah. this evening. We've got Moonbird, Pip's Mama, uh, Caroline Boyce, Joe Rineker, Terry D. Matty Lund Patty London, Yin Yang Glow, Jinx Masters 95, Air Vesto, Stephen Adamski, Northern Lights, Forest Lady, Santana Berish, DQ.com again, Vasilis, Vasilis Lolos, and also Whisper of Love. And Whisper of Love says, Linda, what is the best thing you like about doing your show on a Wednesday night? The best thing of all is feeling in a, I guess, an agape way, as the Greeks would say, is feeling that there's a whole bunch of us who are on the same frequency and who like coming together on Wednesday nights with me, hopefully, uh, providing a lens that is different each Wednesday so that we're getting facets of this huge truth. We're not alone in this universe. Never have been. It is teeming with consciousness. The whole universe is conscious. And that is, I think, why I love doing this so much, is it feels like that there is a resonant frequency between all of you. Some of you write the most extraordinary, intelligent, heartfelt, soul-felt emails. And don't you feel, don't all of you feel that there is something about our being bound with each other about wanting to know truth in a world that seems bent on lies as policies for the foreseeable future, as if the earth has been so woven with so many lies, so many policies of denials, uh, so many favoritisms to certain percentages that 
now when it feels like we're moving into what could be serious problems in terms of climate, the sun, there are various things that astronomically could be happening as they would in any solar system. The universe is not an all peaceful place, never has been. And it, there is something, I feel it. I feel a, uh, like it's right there from all of you that you come because we are learning together and that there is something about reaching to try to understand a future with or without extraterrestrial civilizations interacting with us. And if you extend your mind down the timeline in which there would be nothing else ever versus the possibility of interacting with those that manipulated DNA in already evolving primates on this planet to create the various lines that ended up going through Denise Vaughn and Neanderthal and ended up currently with Cro-Magnon Homo sapiens sapien. We are somebody else's project and experiment. And it doesn't bother me to know that and learn it. What I'm inspired is, all right, we are a conscious life form. And we've been told for a long time that we were the only intelligent life in this vast universe and that that's wrong. And now, more than ever, it seems that humanity has to start working together. We have to see each other as a positive being that reflects us. The us and the we are the same. And that if humanity could get past all of the strife and divisions and manipulations, and we had bigger issues in which to work toward to try to understand and collaborate with, collaborate publicly with tall whites. Maybe it would change all possible futures away from destruction to evolution and positive energy. I guess that's my big picture. That's what I want to see happen. And when I am with you guys and we are sharing, I don't feel judged. I'm not judging you. We are sharing information that is being denied to us as a species on this planet. And the only way that we have of learning anything is to talk to each other. So, yeah, Linda, we've got a great comment here from um, Edward William Casey says, we will learn that we've been lied to about everything. And Peter Cowell comes back with, I feel at home when I tune into live Earthfile shows. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're reflecting what I'm saying. And I do want to put in, I honestly mean this. I feel a kind of ache in my heart when I think about some of the people that I have known who have worked in the Pentagon, who have had a difficult road to hoe, where going back to World War II, some of the stories, I can sort of understand why the 
political layers, Truman, MJ-12, Eisenhower, I know, did treaties with at least one extraterrestrial group. And that they were afraid in the context of a war where Hitler was talking about a collaboration with ETs, uh, that he was going to take over the planet with the ETs. All of that was sort of background in World War II. And then Admiral Byrd goes down to Antarctica where they have uh, either uh, what, what you would call secret information or public information about Hitler working with ETs in Antarctica and Byrd goes and there something happened and everybody knows that uh, he probably had silver discs that came out and that's why the Byrd expedition came back uh, to the United States early. Whatever facet is absolutely true and none of us have the truth laid out in front of us by any political body, I can have tremendous sympathy for the people that were trying to deal with the 1930s into the 1940s and what became the horrible World War II. And out of that, you can see why. You can see Truman feels desperate. He, on September 18, 1947, he created the Central Intelligence Agency, and it was largely created by Truman, as I understand the truth, in order to try to deal with what are these craft, who are these beings, what are we dealing with, meaning the crashes of which the one that went public was July 8, 1947, in the Roswell Daily Record. The whole time, must have been so difficult for all of the leaders of the world to have a handle on what, what is the truth about this war. Started having to do with Hitler and the Nazis and things about Antarctica and all of it. It would have been uh, tremendously probably terrifying and confusing and a whole lot of things, but our government began to get sources and understanding that they were dealing with extraterrestrial, biological entities and extraterrestrial, non-biological entities, tremendous amounts of artificial intelligence on the grays. And out of fear and wanting to keep society civil and peaceful, that's how policies of lies and denial begin. But then, as Jim Mars and I used to talk, reality became classified. It's the way I've looked at it for years. And in that classification, reality is classified and therefore you have to make up a whole new set of everything in which to work to keep the policies of denial in place while a whole other truth unfolds and keeps unfolding for the next 85, 90 years. And now we're on a planet where political parties are 
manifesting just around the issue of who is going to tell the political truth or not. And the manipulation of politics, the manipulation of money, the manipulation of uh, corporation businesses, there's so much that is being done to keep the general world from knowing anything except what they can sell, something they can sell to the public. That's the only interface that the powers that be seem to want. And I don't think that works. I think that eventually that there will be writers and biographers that will look back to the 20th and the 21st century and the big box in which it all existed was this rough, rough ride of a transition from religions and governments saying we were alone in the universe when the truth was the opposite. And that out of a culture that lied in order to keep peace, those lies became toxic as they went forward and we are now in classified reality. It's crazy, it's upside down and backwards. And I also know, without a question, that the men and women who have been riding this bucking horse from World War II to now, that some of them are exposed to information about the hostile ones that probably would give them pause about opening up everything to the world. But I've talked with too many other people who say it's the lies and the policies of denials that are going to kick us in the end. And we need to have the whole huge, gigantic story told. And then humans might be able to get on an honest foothold and go into a future in which that agape love that the Greeks talked about so much, we would be fellow beings trying to learn how to evolve into this incredible universe that has black and white pitted against each other like the yin and yang symbol from one end to the other. But if we knew the whole truth, then fighting for peace, fighting for truth might just be so natural and that in the end, the recycling of souls, reincarnation, the machinery of this universe, the Eben telepath to the Air Force captain, that's the truth. I want to know as much about that truth as I can possibly learn in this life. And I know a lot of you do too. So, through the lenses of what are the truths, who are the military voices, the science voices, the doctor medicine voices, engineering voices, all of them who have pieces of this huge story. Can we continue through the Earth Files YouTube channel for me to bring as many as I can, 
in which there's reliability about the source of their information. And we continue to evolve, I hope, with the governments finally deciding that they will tell the whole truth. And then all of us will be on a new learning curve. And in the end, being on that learning curve may be what saves humanity on Earth. And on that note, Ian, I would like to see if there's one more comment or one more question. I just want to squeeze in before we close. Uh, the YouTube uh, presentation is available every week as a podcast. So people can download it and have it as a podcast. And that goes out every week. And also, here's the, the last final final, uh, let's say, comments. Zombie Lover says, this show has helped me in so many ways. And Christina Ledesma Jimenez says, we need truth and now is a good time. A great time to lead us into the truth to our reality. And all of you help me keep getting to those truths. There are so many of you, I know there are, based on just what I receive in email and letters and shipments. You know you've had interactions with extraterrestrial biological entities in your work, in your life. And if you can draw or get illustrations, it helps a lot for people to see through everybody's eyes if you can provide illustrations. And that the more that I can bring in the interviews, the voices of professionals, who are speaking, and then that would include pilots as well, then it seems what I continually see is when I do a deep dive into, say, a military person's experience, then there's a whole bunch of people who have never spoken up before. That's what is the most common first sentence. I have never told anyone this before. That's what I see the most. And in seeing that, I just want to hug all of you and say, just let me know. Give me your straight, honest, detailed stories with illustrations, and we will keep sharing. And that it is so important for the people in the military and pilots to be able to talk as honestly as possible, because in many ways it has been the military and the pilots who have had the interactions for so long with the UFO phenomena, but they were always told not to talk. And the non-disclosure agreements have covered up and made it impossible monetarily and in work. And that's the part of this revolution now that I hope that we can contribute to more and more and more releases of what has happened so that we can understand better what is happening now and what may come in the future. And on that note, I love you guys. I love you so much. We are consciousness. Each one of us, we are consciousness interacting in this huge universe that is conscious of us. See you next week.
Thanks for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. Earth Files.